Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One of the best medicines in the world is not necessarily a pill that you pop and swallow, it can be the kind of work that helps not just you pay the bills, but helps other people get out of the struggles that they're in. Yeah, I'm excited for this one because I, I smashed through your book and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You've got so many awesome stories and like, you know, like memories and things you lean on. And it, it was one of the best books that I've read in a long time. Thank, thank you for your gift. It's beautifully done. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, it'll be a perfect gift at the right moment. You know, we're, we're in the countdown here with the due date is about five days away. Oh, nice. Did, did I know what they're having, my boy or a girl? A boy, yeah. All right. Well, they say in the in the Godfather, it will be a masculine child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as I say, it's an absolute pleasure having you on. Before we kind of dive into into things, it would be great just to kind of give an oversight into like your pre like June first, twenty twenty eighteen, and and kind of a history of of, of Robin. It. Well, everything changed for me on June first, twenty eighteen. I shifted into a career that I never imagined, never predicted. And frankly, if you and I were best buddies and you suggested that I should become a headhunter, I would have said, what, why would I do that? You know, it didn't, didn't connect. I, I had a long journey through all of my favorite parts of media and entertainment and music and comedy and film and radio and television. And I was on this journey was centered around the idea that the people who I grew up with listening to on albums, watching in films, watching on television, th this is where I got the most inspiration. And as a young guy, I might have flirted for a minute or two with the idea that I should be an artist, but I didn't feel like that was my calling. I thought I had a, a different calling, and that was to figure out ways to work with and for my favorite artists to help them get the messages and the art that they were making out into the world to be one of those management guys that was not the jerk in the suit, but that was the guy that you know, really tried to ease their path and make things better for them. So that was, that was my journey. It went through rock radio. It went through rock television at MTV and VH1. I worked in film. I worked in audiobooks and podcasting. I also started my own very, very early version of an online video studio and network. This was about five or six years before Amazon and Netflix started doing original series, there were a lot of us little guys that thought, hey, wait, maybe that's a key to the future. Maybe maybe television could be, you know, Rob and Pete just talking to each other on a little camera without, you know, big, ugly corporations in our way. So I, I was very, very inspired by that idea and, you know, went through this long journey. But then to answer your question, in 2018, oops, big stop sign. I got stuck and I couldn't quite figure out 
how to get back into my next job. And that's how this new chapter began. And like the cool thing is I came across you a little while ago because of your videos, like somebody pointed me in that direction. And then we had a, a conversation recently and, and we both exchanged, uh, exchanged books. And yeah, I have to say like your, your book was a, a real like joy to read. And kind of when we were kind of, when I was reading through it, I was, there's so many analogies and we'll, we'll obviously touch upon them as we kind of go through, but you've got a great story to tell. So in your respect, what was the driving factor behind writing the book, Next Job, Best Job? The driving factor was a, a random call from a literary agent. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't planning to write this next job, best job. I was, as you say, making daily videos, short daily videos every single morning. First thing I was waking up and spontaneously playing some of my favorite music and talking to both companies and job seekers about how to fix this awful process called the hiring process. Why does it take so long? Why is it so disrespectful? Why is there such bad response on both sides between hiring managers and job candidates? So I started these little daily messages, did every single morning for years and years. And then one day, a literary agent found it on LinkedIn where I, I posted on all social media, but an agent found it on LinkedIn and he said, this is a book. And I said, it's a book. If you sell it, it's a book. If you pay me to write this book, you know, half jokingly. And he said, no, I, I believe that this is a book that can help a lot of people. And so this wonderful gentleman named Rick Richter inspired me, helped me, gave me the thinking and some of the important tools and steps that I needed to then go find this fairy godmother named Lisa Fitzpatrick. And I found an editor who was so much more than an editor. This is a woman who had a tremendous amount of experience helping great writers, creating books. And they taught me first the process of how do you put together a proposal to actually get a book sold? That took a long, long time. And then, thank God, it sold. And then they helped me figure out how to write the damn thing. And it's a great book. Like, as I said, I've read it and I really enjoyed the stories that you have to tell. And like this podcast will be framed around the book because I think there's an awful lot of great content in there for you to share and advise people on based on your expertise. And um, also based on the, the time in which we're in at the moment, there's a lot of people like rethinking them, what work means to them. So there's a lot of people out of work. And I think that, you know, one of the purposes of, of this is is to try and, as you put it, like turn pain into purpose. And the, the whole kind of, um, as Grandma Jenny says, you'll know when you know. And like looking at the whole landscape of, of work, there's a lot of different steps that people are missing at this point in time in respect to how, how to find their next best job. And this is why we're doing this podcast, because I think you've got some amazing stories to tell. So if we look at it, diving into like the, the book itself, obviously the first chapter is, is it's not just business. And we, we talk about like some of the challenges that you faced as to, you know, the why me and the challenges that people face when they first are out of work and, and how to kind of counter that. And, and kind of as Johnny Rotten says, like use anger as your energy. So if you could kind of just talk through a little bit about like the first section of the book. Yeah, well, I titled that first chapter, it's it's not just business, because oftentimes when people are fired, and I've certainly been fired more times than I'd like to admit, they call you into the office, they sit you down and they say, what I'm about to say is not personal. <laughs> it's just business. And then there's a little bit more blah, blah, but the end result of that meeting is you're out. And no matter how successful you've been in your career, that is a painful moment for anyone to sit through, even people with the strongest egos and the strongest sense of confidence feel in that instant that the rug is pulled out and everything is kind of ripped away. So then you go home and all these dark thoughts start to come in. You know, is it me? Did I do this? Did I do that? I realized in writing this book that it was very important to help people get through that awful struggle and try to break it down 
in a way that was, you know, to go to my favorite friends in Star Trek, a little less Kirk and a little more Spock, right? A little less crazed passion and a, and a little more logic, a little more logical thinking that says, look, that just happened. It sucked. So now how am I going to take some of the learnings from that? Of course, we will likely lean towards it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them. But I think it's also important to look in the mirror a little bit and say, well, what about the, the, the meltdown was me, me, me? And how can I think that through and then try to put that into a new practice that'll increase the odds of it not happening again, or at least not happening again in the same way? And then it's figured out like what's next. Cause obviously people go through that. It's quite a common thing that when, when kind of you, you leave a, a company that there's that kind of, you know, confusion, uh, frustration and, and obviously the job market at the moment is quite, quite um, active. So there's an awful lot in respect to how people kind of get back into work. But a lot of it is to do with ourselves, right? To start with be moving beyond simply why me and moving more towards like the emotional rescue side of things and looking at that. I was really intrigued as to what you had to say about like when you work with Joe Biden in respect to work, taking the pain and, and turn it into purpose and also the 11 steps of self-care rituals that you use, because I think they're really valuable to people. Yeah, well, in that last job where I was uh, let go, I, I was given, I wasn't fired. I was given the words restructured, reorganized, right? There's always these code words for why your butt hits the pavement and you're out on the street. So I went through a reorg, but right before that happened, I had one of the greatest honors of my long career. And I worked with the man who is now the leader of the free world, Joe Biden. But when I worked with Joe Biden, this was in 2017, he was out of work, right? He was at a point in his long career where he honestly did not believe he would ever be the president again. He was the former vice president. Trump had been in office for about a year at that point. And Joe Biden wrote a book, which was called Promise Me Dad. That book was dedicated to his son, Bo, who he lost to cancer. And that book largely is about what the two of us seem to agree on is an important mission in both your podcast, my work, and my book, and that is to turn pain into purpose. Joe Biden is someone who has suffered tremendous loss throughout his entire life. We're not going to go through the history that many people know and everyone can learn about, but he's a person who feel the only way to survive all that agony is to wake up every day and try to help other folks. And I, I took a lot of uh, solace in that. And that helped me tremendously when I had a tragedy come to my family not long after working with them. I won't go into the long of it. There's a little bit of it in the book. But I do feel that one of the best medicines in the world is not necessarily a pill that you pop and swallow, it can be the kind of work that helps not just you pay the bills, but helps other people get out of the struggles that they're in. And that that started to become, for me, a little bit of the road that led me to headhunting, where instead of constantly panicking every day about where's my job? Where's my job? Where's my job? This seed got planted in my head that my job could be getting other people jobs. And that was, that was just a crazy revelation that came because a, 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 a guy suggested it, you know, <laughs> and when it happened, it was that moment, you know, I don't know if you remember in the blues brothers movie, when Jake and Elwood walk into a church and James Brown is singing as the preacher and the light hits the Blues Brothers and they go, that's it. <laughs> and, and, and so when someone said to me, are you a headhunter? I thought, yes, that's exactly what I am. Yeah. And I remember the the analogy that you put in the book and how kind of, you know, a conversation ultimately led to a, a massive change point in, in what you were doing. But I think, you know, in respect to that change, it's it's kind of, you were, you were, 
probably like prioritizing the steps that you needed to do at that point in time to kind of change yourself as well as like change your career path. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about like the rituals as well. So like the 11 self-care rituals, rituals that you go through, because reading the book, there was a lot of parallels to the stuff that I do. And, you know, since I've kind of started doing things like meditation, et cetera, I've seen the benefit and like, it's, it's things like this that kind of can help break perpetual loops people can get into. And so if you kind of want to walk through a little bit more of that. Yes. Well, you know, if you read the subtitle of the book, there's 11 strategies to get hired now. And if you start reading the book, you find out pretty quickly that I'm obsessed with the number 11 uh, for, for two or three or four reasons. One, of course, is this is Spinal Tap, one of the greatest movies of all time, because, you know, 11 is, say it with me, one, one, one. one louder. Right. It's one louder. Um, but, but there's also this spiritual connection and a lot of the, the people and friends that I've met along the journey have this obsession about either 11, 11 a.m. or 11, 11 p.m. And often at your lowest moments on a really bad day, someone that's in that little secret 1111 club will just send you a little heart or a love note or some kind of a text that says, I, I get you. I love you. I'm with you. We're going to get through this. It's just a, it's a beautiful little thing when you're, when you're having a bad day. So yes, of course, I put 11 self care rituals into, I think the second chapter of the book to help you in the, especially in those early days of a job search where you're just feeling really low, you're snacking too much, you're napping too much, you're worrying too much. And as you said about meditation, often you're thinking too much. So, the, you know, for people who've never meditated, the simplest way to ever really, you know, inspire them is to say, Imagine if you could stop all that horrible thinking for 15 or 20 minutes every day and not think, right? You know, I mean, it really, if you boil it all down, there's a lot of simplicity there. But my favorite step out of all the 11 is what I call the least sexy app on your phone. It's called your calendar. And it's on that little 24-hour-a-day piece of digital screen that I think you've got a lot of the secrets to how to make the job search go a lot quicker than it does when you're just kind of randomly grasping at straws every day saying, maybe I'll call this guy, maybe this woman. I used to work for this guy. I'll reach out to him. It's all kind of a mess in in my head and in so many people's heads. So in the second chapter of the book, We give people an example of how to start using your calendar on your worst early days out of work and fill it up with specific tasks you've got to take each day in order to start making the progress that you need, in order to start treating each hour of the day as if you are working as opposed to I suck. I'm a loser. I'm out of work. There's nothing on my calendar. Well, how about change that right away and act like the CEO of you and say, no, 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 no. You know, at 11 a.m., I've got a meeting, guess who, with myself, but I'm going to accomplish A, B, and C. So I I just felt like that was a way to get out of a lot of the depression that, that creeps in. Yeah. And I loved uh, how you kind of closed out one of the early chapters as well in respect to kind of forgiving the past to rewrite your future. And I I thought that was really, it was really poignant because a lot of people kind of, they get frustrated, right? And they they let their past like overawe them and, and, you know, like they, they question mistakes that they may have made in the past, but you can't rewrite history. It's, it's part of our life. What you can rewrite is your future and, and, you know, you can dictate how you want to like grow and evolve and, I think when people start to go on that kind of self-development journey, then a lot of it is driven towards, you know, like you bring up in chapter four, like your North Star. Yeah, well, if there's one chapter in the book that's most important, it is that fourth chapter. And the reason why it's called your North Star is that the past of everyone's work history, all those previous jobs on your resume and on your LinkedIn If you're like most people, you've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of a third thing. We all go through a variety of changes. However, however, 
If you're now facing the next potential hiring manager, after looking at hundreds and hundreds of resumes in my first year as a headhunter, I realized that so many people had this same problem on the resume and the LinkedIn. At the very, very top, people were offering two or three versions of themselves. They'd say, you know, Steve Jones, writer, producer, marketer, wizard, development executive, sales. And I was like, what are you doing? And then I thought a lot about it and I realized that there's a logic behind this. People think, well, I really need a job because if I don't get a paycheck in the next few weeks, they're going to turn these lights off. I'm going to get an eviction notice. So this butcher, baker, candlestick maker syndrome is a person saying, well, I could bake bread. I could make candles. I could whatever that third one is. And, and therefore I've increased my odds threefold, right? One of those three kinds of businesses is going to look at me and say, Oh, Rob's my baker. That's when I realized that there's a fatal flaw in that argument. The fatal flaw is that the bakery wants the best baker that they can possibly hire at that moment. They have absolutely no interest in your skills as a butcher. And they have absolutely no interest in your skills as a candlestick maker. So by offering all these different versions of ourselves or even having multiple resumes, you're diluting the whole message and you're looking much less special than the specialist that they're ultimately going to hire. So that's where I lead people through a three-step process, not 11, but a three-step process to try to answer for yourself what is that North Star? What is it? Am I a baker? Am I a headhunter? How can I come up with the best way to define who I am, who I've been, but most importantly, who I need to be to the companies that are going to look at that resume, look at that LinkedIn? And, and when you're kind of defining this, the, the various different roads, like pick a pathway, I was really, uh, I, I really enjoyed your analogies around like George Harrison, Bob Dylan, and especially your Keith, your Keith Richards, because you know, you've, you've had the blessing to kind of work with a lot of these amazing, like absolute legends. So I can't bypass the opportunity to talk about them. <laughs> Look, you can call me like anyone else, a music fan of George Harrison, Bob Dylan and Keith Richards, but you can also call me one of the luckiest people in life to be able ha to have had, you know, personal time with people like that, with heroes like that. You know, the greatest shock of this book is I asked Bob Dylan's permission through his manager to offer something to people to help them in this book. And Bob Dylan said, yes, <laughs> it just, it just, you know, it's, it's the greatest gift I, I could ever imagine. I was born on his birthday. I've been in love with him since the uh, day I was a little boy. Yes. Like a lot of other dads, I named my son Dylan and I just loved the guy, but you know, Bob Dylan offers advice in this book about how to not take advice from people who might lead you astray and how to come up with the answers that you need inside yourself. I also spent a whole day with George Harrison and George played a song for us that day that would not come out for many years later until after he passed, but it was an early version of a song that later became known as Any Road. And the great line in that song is that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. I've worked with Keith Richards a couple of times, but a friend of mine who is the producer of the Rolling Stones and hundreds of other bands and one of the best musicians and truly one of the best people I know is a man named Don Was. And Don and I worked together for a long time. He told me a story once about what it's like being in the studio with the Stones and specifically with Keith, who, you know, 
is muffling around for a day or two or three and nothing really happens until Keith takes that bony, beautiful index finger and reaches it up towards the sky and says, incoming. And then when that happens, out comes a riff that becomes one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. So all three of these wizards have clues for any of us who may not be the greatest rock and roll poets and rock stars in the world who are just another working chum, but they've got great wisdom about how to go inside and answer these questions. What the hell am I supposed to do? And, and the message really from all three of them is that you have the answer inside yourself. It's not, I got to call this person and that person and a third person and say, who am I? What should I be? What should I do? I just think it's beautiful, beautiful gifts that are, you know, hidden in all of this music. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, I think it, it also takes so much bravery and courage to kind of be that open to creativity, innovation and, and change at the very purpose, because like they're not start their, their whole, like the, the why, the what, what they represent and do. It's no noise outside. It's no advice from others. It's, it's no like, you know, bits and pieces here and there and kind of following other people's pathway. It's actually, you no. Know, they've, they've figured out what they want to do and they've committed to that idea and they're absolute legends. We're both big fans of Springsteen as well. So like, yeah, another one. Their, their pathway is unique to them, but equally, I think one of the things about when you try to figure out your own journey, your own North Star, you have to trust the process, trust the journey that, you, that you're going to go on and be consistent with it. And one of the things I really took from your book was the methodical approach you, you have towards things in respect to not just encouraging people how to find their next best job, but equally like practices uh, that you've implemented throughout your own life that's helped you because like those kind of pieces of advice is good for people in respect to when they're going through periods of turbulence and periods of change because like they, they kind of just need to kind of bring themselves down to earth a bit and then just take a take a moment do like a, a Wim Hof exercise and jump in the shower for like 15 seconds and get a cold shower you just need to have a moment to yourself to, to figure out okay what do I really want to do and and how can I go about doing that? And then, you know, another p- point, as well as figuring out you're enough start, you still have to be in a position to like ask for other people bits of advice, but you don't have to take on board everything that they say, but just like ask for advice and figure out like support networks that, that you can kind of um, lean on and, and kind of grow from as well. Yeah, from a personal perspective, I also, when I was reading your chapter about finding a tribe, I was really into that because like looking at how 
I believe in respect to the growth of community and growth of relationships is you remove the selling idea of it and it just becomes like more about engagement and more about commonality and more about shared visions and beliefs and you know like like us with respect to our interest in music finding a tribe that kind of works for you and and ultimately you know bouncing ideas off people because like one of the things i was re- i really enjoyed about the book and also in the videos congratulations by the way in your thousands video is is the fact that you've created your own tribe and you've gone about specifically trying to encourage people to be part of your tribe and yeah, I think that's a really positive thing. So I'd, I'd be doing ourselves a disservice if I didn't say, like, if you could walk a, a little bit more into the specific tribe that you've created via the the movement that you've set about with the hashtag of IBJA. Yeah. Well, you know, look, the, the hardest part about being down and being stuck is that in the time before COVID, it was not normal to be sitting just in this one little room all day long. Now, a lot of us, sadly, or maybe happily, are used to it, right? But in time before COVID, it wasn't a normal thing to be, let's call it shut in 24-7, not going anywhere, not commuting to a job, not standing around the office, chatting with fellow coworkers and all that kind of stuff. So when you lose a job or if you're stuck in what you mentioned, and I think it fell out of my mouth in my episode one of the more than thousand videos. I called it hashtag IBJA. I-B-J-A stands for in between jobs again. You got to pause before you say again, because it's that, oh God, what now? What next? And it's a very isolating experience. It's a lonely place. And if you find yourself cut off from all the normal connections that you had with people when you were in a job, when you had a Rob Barnett comma cool job title here, sometimes there's a whole lot of people around. And then the minute that you lose that job and it's Rob Barnett comma nothing, then a lot of those people kind of disappear because there's, you know, those I'm not going to be mean about it. Let's just be honest about it. Some of those are not real friendships. They're kind of conditional friendships that are based around what can Peter do for me at this particular moment? I'm going to be friendly towards him, but they're not really your friends. And so when, when all those people go away and, and you have this small isolated life, that's when it's important to figure out how to do what we recommend in chapter, I think it's six, called Find a Tribe, and chapter seven, which we call Social Voodoo. I think that, you know, by using social media in a very specific way, you can start to think of yourself as a professional brand, right? If I am a headhunter, then That's the kind of stuff I should be talking about on social media every day, not about 17 other topics. If I don't need social media to figure out where the next paycheck is coming from, then sure, I can post a picture of this beautiful breakfast meal that I made and all these vacation pictures and all the fun stuff. But but I realize that there's an opportunity to use social media in a way that doesn't suck that doesn't make you look like you're selling, 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 but does give you the opportunity to get a message, to stay on message, and then the discipline of how to use that on a regular basis every day. If you do that, then eventually, day by day, a couple of folks who are looking for that kind of a connection will come in. And then One by one by one, you can start building a new group of like-minded individuals who can then get you to the most important thing in a job search, introductions, not to the dreaded HR people, but introductions to the actual hiring managers that are looking to put you into the job that you really want. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it's about authenticity, right? Like if you have 
if you, if you have a desire to help others, which is like we both seem to have that um, shared desire, the the things that we talk about on social media, I still fall into. I still like I'll post pictures of my kid and whatever because you know I'm a, I'm a proud dad. But I do, you know, reading your book, there was a lot of things that trade in my head that I could improve upon personally. And I think ultimately you have to not only just find your North Star, but figure out who you're talking to and, and who are you are you trying to support and engage with. If you do that and remove the premise of sales from it and actually just look for authentic relationships, there can be a lot of good that can come through social media. And again, yeah, the consistency part is is key. And And obviously if you figure out what one message it is that you're trying to articulate, then you'd never know who's watching. And one of the the most interesting parts for the social voodoo chapter was when you were talking about your, your channel with, you, you had the My Damn channel and, and you suck at Photoshop and you had a rather unique follower that you ended up having a nice relationship with after. Well, yeah, the, the company that, that I, I founded and ran for 10 years had this, whack-ass name my damn channel because we were one of the first online studios and networks that said look we don't need nbc or hbo to get some of the biggest stars in music and comedy and television and film to come in to make our little original video series so that's what we were doing for 10 years we had an amazing group of artists and Great, great people that worked for the company. We had offices in New York and LA. We were a little rebel base trying to reinvent the old idea of television and birth it into this thing that's now accepted as a norm, which is original online series, right? So one of the craziest, weirdest ever series that we led with in our early days, you can still find all the episodes on YouTube, is called You Suck at Photoshop. And I, what it is, I'll just inspire you to go find episode one, start there, and hopefully laugh your ass off. I was on Twitter one night late in my office. Twitter was new. It was maybe the first year or so of Twitter. And uh, I get a a direct message pops up on Twitter and the message reads, I love you suck at Photoshop. It may be my favorite series. Next time you're out here, we should have lunch. And I look at this message and I, my whole body starts shaking because it's either a fake account or it looks to be the father, the inventor, the founder the CEO and the head of all of YouTube, a man named Chad Hurley. And I look at the screen and I go, oh my God, oh my God, is this him? And this guy named Brad was working for me. He was the youngest and at that point, greatest expert on my staff about YouTube. And this was like 1030 at night. But of course, I'm still working. Brad's still working. And I scream, Brad, get in here. And Brad comes in and I point to my screen and I go, is it him? Is it really him? And Brad goes, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, this, this is the best way I can say to people that if you don't use social media on a daily basis, you're cutting off the possibility of being discovered by some of the most influential people in the world. And of course, that led to an eventual meeting and another meeting and another meeting and ultimately a multi-million dollar deal with YouTube. So, you know, there's there's your reason to get on social media and try to learn how to use it in a way that is, as you say, that dreaded but essential word, authentic, but but also you know, regular, right? Be there every single day because the Chad Hurley of your future is out there somehow one night at 1030 stumbling on your shit and saying, oh, I want to meet this guy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I was chatting to um, Grace Lorden on a previous podcast and and we were talking about the the whole like logic behind, uh, like the percentage behind how, how often do you spend creating versus consumption. 
And I think at this moment in time, like there's no harm in people creating something new and fresh because like we've got so much technology available to us. We can do whatever and you, you never know who you're talking to. And I think in respect to gr- the growth of community and respect to new technology and creativity, there's like, we're in a, a, a glorious time. Like anything is possible at this point in time. And, and I see you're at it again in respect to your Saturday night Zooms, which I've, I've dialed into a few and like looked at your, your website there and, you know, these kind of, authentic conversations and chats and yeah you, by stripping things away and just being honest and open to people and you, you're creating some really wonderful stuff so yeah I, I really enjoy what you're doing so yeah we were talking about ghosting and the six degrees of kevin bacon before zoom so rudely cut us out so we're back now but the the, the topic that we were we were actually talking about was like how to set up a targeted search and, and kind of how to go about setting out the, the lay of the land and, and understanding the landscape in front of you so you can kind of create clear actions to get to the decision makers. Yeah, well, the old version of a job search is filled with random web surfing and looking at links to jobs and saying, is this me? Could this be me? We recommend a whole new approach in the eighth chapter of the book which is based around the idea that you need a targeted company search. There's an old game called The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And if you don't know the game, Google it. But six degrees is too many in a job search. You've got to get to the one person, the one person that can get you in front of Kevin Bacon. And in this case, Kevin Bacon is your next boss. Kevin Bacon is the hiring manager. So when you find an open job, the worst thing you can do is just upload a cold resume and a cold basic cover letter. The best thing you can do is become a private detective. Take a day or two to really study up on that company, look through LinkedIn, contact everyone that you know, to try to find out who the actual hiring manager is on that job. Because if you want the job search to take months and months and months and months, then go ahead and deal with human resources people. But if you want the job search to go a hell of a lot quicker, skip the line, figure out how to end run the human resources people and get one person that knows you to make an introduction, a warm one, between that person and you directly to the hiring manager. That's what you've got to try to accomplish every time you see a job that you really want. And we detail a lot of how to do that in the eighth chapter of the book. And it's it's not just about like finding the the right people to speak to it's also how you articulate your voice like you know when you talked a, a bit ago about to who may concern i'm really excited for this but like nobody talks like that in real life so why do we put it down in a cover letter and oh also- god cover letters they sound like they're written by the exact same person you know dear hiring manager i have a proven track record of success and 14 years of experience and blah, 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 blah. None of those things are going to get you hired. The thing that's going to get you hired best in a cover letter is one that proves to the company that you've done some real research on who they are. A cover letter that's more about the company and less about you is going to get you a much better response. Exactly. And also how you approach people. Like if you jump on and you like just click and connect to, to people, like actually follow up with like, Hey, it'd be great to jump on. Like if you, if you got time, I'd love to jump on a call for like um, 10, 15 minutes and we can walk through like, this is what I do. And this is why I want to talk to you. And we could talk about ideas. Like I think when we, when we first engaged with one another, I think I, I probably dropped a Bowie quote on you or something, but like something that resonates, something that's real, something that's like that can create that connection that allows you to kind of go from there and, and create what is, is, you know, can become a, a really nice, authentic relationship. It's exactly how you and I connected <laughs> with, a, with, real, with a real note person to person on LinkedIn that didn't sound like it was coming from, you know, some standard robotic, I am saying boring words. <laughs> yeah. Life is too short for nonsense. But there's there's lots of do's and don'ts, and I think if if people like are really interested in in this podcast, then you're going to absolutely love the book. So I encourage you to go back and, and like 
but go buy a copy because it's absolutely awesome. But one thing that I want to kind of say in the last part of this section is why everyone needs a Danny Goldberg. Danny Goldberg. Oh, that's a wonderful story. Danny Goldberg is a great friend of mine who has lived this incredible professional life in rock and roll and in music for a long, long time, working with everyone from Led Zeppelin to Nirvana to Bonnie Raitt to just an endless list of inspired musicians who really make a difference in the world. And I've been lucky enough to get to know this guy over the years and become friendly with him. One day, at one of the lowest points of one of my earlier job searches, I was feeling really, really down about the world. And Danny is a guy that every once in a while says, hey, let's go to lunch, you know, and we've had these nice lunches. So I sent him a little email one day when I was secretly depressed as hell. And in that email, I said, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate this friendship and all of our lunches. That's all I said. And I sent it. He called me about four seconds after the email and said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, it was that obvious? And he said, yes, it was that obvious. (laughs) And I moaned a little bit about how no one was returning my emails and no one was responding to my resumes and blah, blah, what was me? And Danny said, well, I'm going to tell you something that I've told many of the best musicians I've ever worked with, sometimes you just get lucky. And I stopped him right there and I said, well, Danny, I I hate to be such a jerk now. You're being such a good friend, but I'm not a luck guy. I just, I, I think that the way to get to what needs to happen in your life is through, you know, just more effort and more work. And he said, well, that's okay that you think that, but you're wrong. (laughs) And sometimes you do need a little luck. And it was a beautiful phone call. I hung up. And I can't remember if it was 10 days or two weeks later, but for the first time in my entire life and my professional working journey, I didn't get one job offer. I got two job offers after that, that fateful phone call, making me realize that I could open up my heart a little bit more to the concept of just a little good old fashioned fortune sometimes coming your way. And uh, I I just love him for, you know, being the kind of person who can lift a friend up in a dark moment and give you a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope, a little bit of light. It's a wonderful, wonderful soul. I've just, and by the way, by the way, written a lot of great books, not just about music, but about this world that we live in. So, so please, please Google Danny Goldberg and, and fall in love with a wonderful guy. Exactly. And I think I've also just done what you were talking about that. I've got a set of friends and I won't name who they are, but what I've just done is sent them a WhatsApp message saying 1111. So when this episode comes out, they'll know that I'm thinking of them. They'll know how much they mean to me. Uh, yeah. And kind of, yeah, if, if people want to do something similar, then yeah, like see, see what you, see what you can take of it. But yeah, everybody needs a Danny Goldberg. Amen. <laughs> so we could talk all day because like you've got so many stories and it's like, it's, it's been such a wonderful podcast. If you wanted to kind of leave a a lasting message to our audience, a key takeaway, what would you say to them? Well, you know, you're talking to a college dropout, but this college dropout got a master's degree in the last two years. It's the same master's degree that all of us received In this global pandemic, the master's degree is in a course called Life is Too Short. Life is too short to be wasted, either bummed out, confused, stuck, and without purpose. Life is too short to not figure out the answer to what is your North Star? What is the thing inside yourself that you really want to do? If no one could say no, if no one was there stopping you, what is it that you really want to do? And then how can you take the practical steps to figure out how to go find that kind of work? And most importantly, as we said earlier, how can you find those few like-minded people 
that want to lock arms and help you get there. That's the mission for all of us is to wake up every day doing not the job that we secretly hate, but the job that we know we wanted to do all along. Why the hell aren't we doing it? The answer is that, you know, we just haven't taken enough of the steps to get there or we've somehow secretly given up. I want to just say lovingly, screw that, get on with it and go make it happen. Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.